High above Uptown Charlotte as we uh, get ready for episode 36 of the Bearded Carcast. Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman. I thought let's have a guest. Is Brett yes. Kavanaugh available? Yes. No, he's busy right now. All right. Let's bring in Darren Gant. Yeah. Uh, if I gotta. I've got my Republican hair, maybe. I can, <laughs> you know, that's about the only similarity, I think. Uh, the Birkenstocks yeah. aren't really Republican, are they? Yeah, I don't know. If you yeah. wear a black robe to work, I think you can get away with almost any shoes. <laughs> but you don't actually go anywhere to work, so you would just be wearing it for the dog and the kids. Pretty much. I'm strongly considering getting a few robes just to wear around the house. Now, outside a of gavel. Outside, well, you always need a gavel. Outside of the uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, hearing today. Yeah, there's news in the sports world here Yes, in there is. And yeah, maybe on is. a sports uh, Panthers connection, equally ground shattering yeah. uh, earth shattering with uh, Eric Reed getting signed. Yeah, this would have been a great move without all the philosophical political freight it carries. Yep. If you talk if you would have told somebody 6 months ago, "Hey, that Panthers defense that's got a lot of good players on it already, let's throw a top 20 pick from a few years ago into the mix and see what happens, especially one that plays safety, which is was and has yeah. been the position of yep. need." Yep. And so to add to be able to add Eric Reed is a no brainer from a football standpoint. And, you know, I wrote it for PFT earlier this afternoon. One of the really interesting, fascinating things about this is they never asked Eric Reed, Are you gonna kneel? Right. And and the fact that Marty Herney and Ron Rivera can go through this process yeah. and not ask that question is as good an indicator as any you could ever ask for of whether things are going to be different under David Tepper than they were under Jerry Richardson. But it brings up a great question that I don't think has been answered. You say it's unequivocally a good move for the Panthers. I think everyone would universally agree with yeah. that. And you say that the powers that be didn't have to ask whether he's going to kneel and we can get into whether he is or not and, and what that p means and how that plays if we want. But how did nobody else Signed Kim. He's clearly a starting level defender. Well, I, I told somebody else earlier this week, I said if Eric Reed goes through this week without being signed, yeah. then it's obvious collusion. But why, why this week? Well, because the Falcons are down yeah, two Falcons starting down, safeties. Yeah. I mean, there's injuries cropping up all over the league, and guys are starting to get thinned out now. But he was one of the 60 best safeties in the league, probably Correct. one of the 30 best safeties in the league before the year started. He got caught in the confluence of events where the safety market was depressed. Uh, the Honey Badger signs a one-year deal for $7 million bucks, yeah. thinking he was going to break the bank somewhere after the Cardinals tried to give him a pay cut. So the Honey Badger's not getting paid. The the non-controversial safeties weren't getting signed until right before training camp. And any reason, the one thing NFL teams are, as a group, are conventional. And so it, give me one reason to not sign you, and every one of them will take advantage of it. Especially when you're trying to save money. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you look at what's happened with the kickers this year and they, with a bunch of guys getting cut. Well, and, and I mean, again, they will say that this is and – I, and I believe them when they tell me, and I've talked to four or five people in that building today already, and everybody says football-only decision, football-only decision. And it's a luxury to be able to do that right. now, obviously. But they could have signed Eric Reed in March. Right. Now, Jerry Richardson wasn't going to let him in March. Right. He was still the owner in March, and right. that wasn't going to fly right. in March. But part of the reason they didn't go out and sign – Trey Boston or the Honey Badger or any of these other guys who were in the market and ostensible upgrades over what they had was 
They didn't want to screw up comp pick formula. Right. They knew they were going to, with Norwell leaving, they knew they were going to lose more than they right. signed. And if they signed Eric Reed, if they signed Denara Searcy instead of Eric Reed, you can always go back and get Eric Reed later maybe, and you might get a third-round pick next year right. in addition to, because Searcy was a restricted free agent who was cut, and right. then he doesn't impact the formula, whereas Eric Reed was an unrestricted right. free agent and would have. So as peculiar and as picayune as that might sound, that was a factor yeah. in them not signing him earlier or signing and what any about everyone free else? agent. I'm, the answer is obvious. The answer, you know, Occam's razor, the simplest yeah. answer is often yeah. the best. But based it's on because he took a knee during the national anthem based and nobody on that, wanted do you think that. Colin Kaepernick has an awfully good chance in his case? I think so. I think so, absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that there is no justifiable football reason for Colin Kaepernick to not have a job. Look at the quarterbacks who have jobs. The Tennessee Titans started Blaine Gabbert on purpose yeah. last week. So that's, I mean, the defense rest. Right. That's the end of the case. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh would rule in your favor on that one. <laughs> Topical <laughs> joke, baby. Um, actually, may not. But he um, – yeah, I mean, there's just he no... loves Nathan Peterman. Yeah, he does, and and football guys like Nathan Peterman because they are conventional people, and it's yeah, I mean, there is no a- other answer other than the obvious. If Kaepernick one. wins that case, how does that impact things? Well, I mean, he's I mean, he's basically Kurt Flood. He's sacrificing his career for right. the cause, and has he been a perfect martyr? He is not. Should he have worn pig socks? Probably not. No. Should he have voted? Probably yes. so. Should you know all these things aren't really the factor in this. They're not the most important thing that we should be talking about here. But he got lost in the noise on a lot of the small things. But the reality is, yeah, he's unemployed because he took a knee and was unrepentant is, about is it. Is that going to break the CBA though? What are the ramifications? Um, we'll see. I mean, one thing I've always been curious about, and again, David Tepper may have broken the seal today by signing right. off on Eric Reed. I still think he's part of a very small club. Most All of these owners could have signed Eric Reed before. He went to Cincinnati on a visit, and Mike Brown straight up asked him, you're going to take a knee? Yep. All right, good luck to you. That was the way that negotiation went. So most of the owners in the league are still going to go that way. I, I think it's interesting in how it spins out for David Tepper. I just think, personally, the guy is going to be one of the leading owners in that club yeah. in a very short amount of time. Part of the reason Bob Kraft wanted David Tepper in the club was because he was a big club in the bag. He is a big hitter. He makes big deals. He makes big money. But he's they also a wanted, big thinker. They wanted that guy working yeah. with them on CBAs. They wanted that guy working with them on broadcast contracts. They wanted that guy trying to maximize gambling revenue uh, when that deal comes down. So they wanted a guy who thinks like David Tepper on their side, and the fact that he's willing to stand up before he was the owner and call Donald Trump the father of all lies and a narcissistic scumbag. The I don't know how he could say such a thing. The fact that he was willing to sign Eric Reed when nobody yeah. else was shows that he is not going to be bound by the conventions of the NFL. But this move, signing Eric Reed, is twofold. I mean, obviously there's the bigger picture about right. signing Eric Reed, but also sends a message 
to this fan base that he is true. He's walking the walk after right. saying, "I'm, I'm uh, it's a football." You want the logo at the first. fifty? Here's your logo. Yeah. You want an accessible owner? I'm going to wander around and drink beer with right. the fans before the game. I'm not going to be holed up in a suite with yeah. my big cup of Bojangles. I'm out there with some right. locally sourced craft brew. You know. But could you script a better first three months for oh, an owner? Oh God! I mean, he's got the honeymoon is going to last yeah. for a long, long time. He's and building up a lot of equity, and there's nothing he's doing wrong right now. Well, but to who? He, but is that's there not good going business to be a, instinct. But isn't there yeah. going to be a portion of the Panthers fan base, a, a conservative Southern fan base, that disagrees with this move? Um, I think the size of the base, and we can drive this podcast into the political <laughs> ditch if you want, but I think the size of the base has always been overstated. And I think particularly in Charlotte it has been, because if you look at an electoral map, this is not a red county. Yeah. This is a blue county. Right, but they're called the, the Carolina Panthers. The, they come from not just Charlotte. Yeah, but I. But you still want to win. North and South Carolina is still a very red state, and it probably always will be. And South Carolina is twenty Carol- minutes from here. North Carolina is very purple, and if you look at the broad-based map of this state, not the way congressional districts are drawn. But the overview of the state, this is a very purple Are you available state. But, but for here, a podcast on election day? We, maybe. We, we need you I with a whiteboard. No, I love it. But that could other, be the new Kornacki. But this is the other thing I would add to that is I think, and I don't think this decision was made for what I'm about to say, but I think it's a it's a fringe benefit, if you will. But, but you know, the, the one two states, one team uh, mantra and really getting into the community after Hurricane Florence, I mean, it, it's – I understand the well. First of all, and I have you and I talked about this privately. You know, I think a lot of people have kind of hijacked what the the message that the NFL players are saying. Um, you know, I, I think these guys are patriotic. They do a lot of stuff in the mm-hmm. community, and I think people that say that they're not being patriotic, they don't understand that you can still have your your right to speak. Right. And and these guys, you know, you know, not everyone's perfect, but these guys are trying to do good things. I but mean, when I tried to ask Tepper about his Trump remarks, his yeah, opening press yeah. conference, and, and really what I wanted to hear him say was, you've said unpopular things about a popular president. How will you support players if they want to do the same thing? That was the essence of my question. He didn't want to be attacking Donald Trump on his first day on the job, right. so he kind of took it in. But the thing he did when he started reciting the Pledge of Allegiance is he leans on and liberty and justice for yeah. all. I mean, that's effectively what Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed were taking a knee for, is liberty and justice for all, right. not just a certain group of people. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have co-opted that message and turned it into something unfortunate and something that, listen, depending on how this hearing goes, depending how the vote goes in the next couple of days, I think the NFL should brace itself to be run up the flagpole by that guy again at a yeah. rally sometime soon, especially with Eric Reed bringing it back to right. everybody's attention. You know, the NFL is going to be a target of that guy again soon. So, um, yeah, I just like the fact that David Tepper – and, again, take the politics out of it because the NFL is such a conventional, such a steer-it-between-the-lines league, the fact that David Tepper's willing to say, nah, we're going to do this, right. I think is a great sign for the team. But I think the other issue with Colin Kaepernick is even though you can make the argument that he is a one of one of 32 starting quarterbacks even today, 
he's not a top ten at his position guy. Whereas Eric Reed is mm-hmm. a different character. Like I think if yeah. Colin Kaepernick had the numbers and the cachet of, of say a Tom Brady, you know, or a top five quarterback, right. I, I, he is on a team and playing. Well, and that leads us to the next topic. And this is your bearded carcast. We're joined by Darren Gant from Pro Football Talk. You can be a part of this show. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook dot com, or follow us on social media and comment. Where are the Panthers at this point with Eric Reed at the bye week? What is the state of the team and I know it's it's a small sample size but you've seen something what have you seen uh pretty good I mean I I think they're a playoff team I walked into the season thinking they were a playoff yeah. team I thought them and the Falcons were going to be the two teams from the NFC South that were absolutely making the playoffs because I just thought there was a little bit of separation between those two and the Saints now, the Falcons have their own issues right now. They've mm-hmm. blown out the middle yeah. of their defense, lost three of their best players for at least half the season and, and all of the season in a couple of cases. But they've got some adjusting to do. All things considered, with what the Panthers have gone through, losing both starting tackles, reframing the entire offense over the offseason with North Turner, uh, getting Cam used to a brand-new role – and I think one of the things that has stood out to me over three games, they miss Thomas Davis a lot more yeah. than they thought they were going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why now you get through one more game without Thomas, and all of a sudden you add two more guys mm-hmm. who were top 20 overall draft picks to that defense. And yeah. it's like they were already okay. Yeah. Now you've added two impact right. players to the mix, and once – Eric Reed settles in. Right. I mean, well, he's going to have a couple of days to kind of get. get it's going to take a minute yeah. to get used to it. It's going to take a minute, and and you know, got to make sure Eric Reed doesn't show up and pull a hamstring right, because right. he hadn't been, you know, because it's the eternal argument of shape versus football shape, sure. and there is a difference carrying pads versus working out at Planet Fitness. Right. Um, and I just, you know, it's going to take a little bit, but everything is setting up pretty well for them right now. If you can survive. I mean, they've gone through making these little upgrades. They trade yeah. for Corey Robinson when they were desperate for a swing tackle. Then they are able to get their hands on Marshall Newhouse, who's a better grade of right. swing tackle. Right. And since then, they've found out that Chris Clark is Taylor, serviceable. That Chris Clark's serviceable, but Taylor Moten's also better on the yeah. left than I think they thought yeah. he was going to be. We know Taylor Moten can play the right, but right. now you've got – you know. Pieces are starting to fall into right. place. I mean, the and you find a, a an FA Abada. Now, granted, we have to see what he can oh. do over a full season. But what a great story that guy is. I, I don't. I am not a partisan when it comes to sports teams. I, I hate your favorite team. Who do you pull for again? The picture of FA Abada in the yeah. locker room after the game was one of the enduring yeah. images. I mean, Nigerian immigrant yeah. who was trafficked to London right. and was homeless there learns to play football, right. comes to Carolina, and gets a game ball from their Puerto Rican yeah. head coach yeah. after the game. It's football, yeah. Hamilton. Right, yeah. I mean, it's just a story that yeah. movies have been made right. of less than this. Right. This guy's already done more than a football yeah. on a football field yeah. than Rudy. He's yeah. already done more than that yo from Philadelphia. What's his name? Help me oh, out uh, here. Oh, Vince, uh, yeah. Vince Papali? He's – already made an actual impact yeah. on actual right. NFL games. And I don't know. I mean, they didn't know what he was. That whole 
international pathway yeah. program. Those guys are basically mascots. Yeah, flyers, those guys yeah. are those guys are marketing opportunities for the league in Europe. Yeah, right. And they saw something and they thought, well, maybe this guy can play a little bit. But was it enough to give him a roster spot? They did. And then Ron loves the guy. Ron, well, from, like from the yeah. get-go. Yeah, I mean, Ron. And Marty, told us, Marty Herney told us on the post-game show that he, he heard F.A. about it from Ron like every day during training camp. Yeah. Makes and sense then. Ron, and Ron nailed it, and he found another one. And if he can be a player for him, then they found another pass yeah. rusher. So it sets up pretty well. I'm not saying they're without problems. I mean, I think against a good defensive line, if they got to play against the Vikings, if they got to play against the Rams – you right. know, it's still going to be – you've still got Greg Van Roten and Tyler Larson right. and Chris right. Clark and yeah. Taylor Moten out there. So – and you're hoping that Ryan Khalil stays together. So, there's still issues, but yeah. I mean, all things considered, pretty good. I know some of the reports uh, maybe having Greg Olson coming back as early as the Giants yeah. game. And the fact that he didn't have surgery just suggested that it was a lot better than they thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because – IR would have been an easy answer right. at that point because then you get another player for eight weeks right. and you're not just carrying around an empty roster spot. Right. But the fact that they announced basically by not putting him on IR that he'd be back before eight weeks was tremendous news considering. Now, we don't know how he's going to hold together, but, right. you know, I feel bad for Greg because it was really such a freak. Yeah. Freak thing. The guy goes through 10 years and never gets hurt. And now, all of a sudden, bang, bang, and two years back-to-back, he breaks the same foot. So. Yeah, it was kind of like Luke. I mean, Luke had gone all those years without uh, any real big yeah. issues, and then he had the two concussions, and then... Completely healthy right up until yeah. he was. It's our bearded car cast with Darren Gant from Pro Football Talk. Glad you're with us. A crazy week in the NFL last week with a couple of major upsets. Not only Minnesota losing to Buffalo, but Jacksonville as a nine-point favorite falling to Tennessee. And then the Sunday night no-show from the Patriots. What, as you look at the league through three weeks, is the biggest surprise or the biggest story? I'm a little surprised, probably disappointed, maybe a better word, that a couple of teams didn't push the button on those quarterbacks sooner. I just think, I mean, if you're the Cardinals, why are you not playing Josh Rosen? If you're the yeah. Browns, why did you not commit to Baker Mayfield? If you're the Bills, why did you not sell out for Josh Allen? And it's not just games lost early on. I believe that if you give those guys all those reps in May, June, July, August, they're that much better. Yeah. The Rams, the Eagles have shown us if you've got the most precious commodity in the NFL, that quarterback on the cheap rookie contract, if you've got one and he can play, then you can stack parts in all around him and you can make a good football team. Seattle did it that way before they paid Russell Wilson. So why not let those guys play from day one? If you're going to play them in week three, go ahead. Now, you know, there are other surprises. Did I see the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. 3-0? and I did not. I didn't think the Dolphins were particularly good. They may not be. But they seem to have gotten a little bounce off of getting rid of Dominican Sue. One of the amazing numbers that I've seen pop up today was now 
Tannehill and Adam Gaze have played 16 games together. Yeah. They they now have their first full, full season seasons. in the books, three years into the process. So, you know, maybe they're a little bit farther ahead than anybody thought they would be. But, you know, I didn't see the Patriots being one and two. But yeah. the Patriots have turned one and two into 12 and four before. So Is that what you foresee coming? It seems inevitable, doesn't it? I mean, that's they get the benefit of the doubt. Right? I mean, what as about long their as level they've got talent? Yes, they got Josh Gordon right. coming in, and yes, they've got Julian Edelman coming back. But and again, history suggests yeah. that they start poorly. They're going to improve throughout the year. Best coach team in the NFL, Tom Brady, etc. But, but, but it has to, but it has to end somewhere. Yeah, they they needed the idea of Josh Gordon more than they needed Josh Gordon in particular. Yeah, they needed somebody who could. You know, Ted Ginn would have worked out for them in a weird sense yeah. because they just need somebody to clear the, the middle the of the field and create some opportunities. Poor Rob Gronkowski's getting mugged week in and week out. I mean, he's just yeah. – he doesn't have a chance to make plays because he's doubled on every snap. And why wouldn't you double him on every Absolutely. snap? There's nobody else can, on that right. offense that threatens you. So the idea of Josh Gordon may clear some things up for him. and. You know, from the minute they made that trade, I said, Josh Gordon's either going to catch 90 balls and help him win another Super Bowl, or he'll be gone in three weeks. There's not really a middle ground. for It's either going to be fantastically successful or an afterthought very soon. One of the big questions coming into the year was going to be the, the, you know, some of the rules changes and obviously the, you know, the Aaron Rodgers uh, rule. What have you seen for that? It looks like, I mean, that that's that may be something that's going to be continuing to evolve. Yeah, you know, it's funny that all off season we panicked about the helmet rule, yeah, lowering the helmet, really and that it. was the thing that everybody said was going to ruin football. And quarterbacks aren't going to be able to sneak anymore without a penalty. No, and that's not a factor right. now because after that wave crested, like right. the first or second week of the preseason. Things have normalized. Well, and that I came in what, the, the Panther game because there was – remember they, they took that timeout to look at the, right. the Cam's touchdown. And, and I know some people in the press box thought maybe they were looking at Cam for lowering the, the – Yeah, head. but that's not the intent. That's not the way right. they wanted that to be called. And, listen, the Clay Matthews hit on Kirk Cousins was just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't lifting and scooping. That's what happens when a man running full speed runs into another man who's on yeah. one leg. You know, he gets thrown back the other direction. So, it's I, – I think – what they'll do, kind of like they did with the lower in the helmet rule, is sort of change the rule without changing the yeah. rule and just call it differently. Can we, just, can we assume that you believe we're 10 years away from having a, a three-man tandem as the greatest of all time? There's Joe Montana and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Is, is that where this is <laughs> of going? Of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. All offseason, Andy Reid was selling, ah, we know he's going to make some mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we know this is going to take a minute. Don't get excited. And he went through a little spell where he threw a bunch of picks in training camp practices. Yeah. And people were writing stories in Kansas City like, oh, my God, what happened to Penn? And that's when Andy was like – I mean, it was sandbagging, I think. And I believe he's exceeded Andy's every expectation. But Patrick Mahomes' is evidence of fit being so much more important than your individual yeah. talent. I mean, he has the opportunity – to go out there and be surrounded by ridiculous offensive talent. And, oh, by the way, the guy who calls plays for a particular quarterback better than anybody in the league. So I was just kind of looking at things today, and you know, apropos of nothing, I suppose, but th- this has to be maybe Pete Rozelle's dream. You have three teams that are 3-0. and You have 11 teams that are 2-1, and four teams that are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. You have 11 teams that are 1-2, and, and then you have three teams that are 0-3. 
I want, I'm here for more ties. I want there to be more ties in the NFL. Okay, I've got a buddy who calls. This guy's one of the, the brightest people I know, but sometimes he forgets to put his pants on in the morning type guy. And the other day he You don't have to me. introduce me that way. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> the other day he calls me and goes, I've got a better way for the NFL to do overtime. And I said, well, is there, a, is there a problem with the way the NFL does overtime? And, you know, you and I agree, ties are not the end of the world. Right. But I kind of like this idea, and i just like to, to throw it out there, curious what your reaction is. He thinks it should be first team to score, sudden death, but here's how it works. You flip a coin, let's say it's the Giants and the Eagles. The Giants win the toss. The Giants get to make the first bid. We'll take the ball at the 20-yard line. The Ooh. Eagles can say, okay, we'll take it at the 15-yard line. <laughs> the Giants can say, Kinky. we'll take it at the 10-yard line. Yeah. And at some point, the deal ends when someone says, okay, take it. Turn the NFL into a Dutch ball auction. I love it. That's, How about just do the... Uh, that's kinky. I like it a lot. How about just um, do the XFL thing? Have them go start at the, the 40s. But, but, but this is... You could do this. Like, do you want your defense on the field? Do you want to yeah. risk taking yeah. a safety? A, a, a field goal wins the game. Where do you want it? Would you give Aaron Rodgers the ball under any circumstance, right. or would you back right. it up right against the end zone and take the ball instead of doing well, that? Well, that's the thing. And with Saints-Falcons last week, you know, wherever you gave Drew Brees that ball right then, it was going downfield, yeah. and he was going to score, and he was going to – it was Marty Morningwig. Or, no, who was that? The Packers. Yeah, Marty Morningwig. Yeah, it was Marty Morningwig. We're gonna take it. We're gonna score. Um, oh, I thought I think it was Morningwig that uh, Morningwig screwed that up the toss. Yeah. Well, instead of yeah. taking Won the, the ball over time, he kicked. Won the toss and kicked. Uh, it was the Packers. It was Hasselback. Right. We're gonna take it and, and we're, we're gonna, gonna score. score. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's that's a bold call. I like it. I don't think they're ever gonna do it, but. It's uh, because, again, the NFL is too conventional. But but is what they're doing in overtime now conventional? It's kind of out of left field. Well, I don't know that it's bad. No, I, I don't mean, know that it's bad either. I, you know, knocking five minutes off the top of the overtime effectively gives both teams a shot at the ball. That I mean, basically right. everybody's going to have a chance. And I don't like the idea that, you know, a – coin flip, one PI, and a chip shot field goal should win you yeah. a game that's been tied after 60 minutes. So um, I like that they give both teams a shot. If you're not going to go full college overtime where both yeah. teams absolutely get a shot, I mean, that's the equivalent of penalty kicks in soccer. So, um, yeah, I'm okay with it the way it is, and I'm absolutely okay with more ties. And, again, I've watched, I've been watching English soccer for 10 years now. I'm a fan I'm here for it. A tie is sometimes the perfect result. Sometimes two teams are equally matched. And, you know, not every time you stub your toe in life should you lose. Not every right. time you get a lucky break should you win. I mean, a lot of teams win who aren't the best team on the field. So I'm okay with ties existing in the world. Well, and they took five minutes off the overtime period. So yeah. I, you're going to see more ties. Yeah. Potentially. I'm here for it. Week. And Four. that sound you're hearing is the rain hitting uh, Dave. We're on the rooftop of Dave's yeah, house. Yeah, and, and I've got a roofer coming next week. So if you get wet, <laughs> yeah. we, we'll just add that to the insurance claim. The bearded car cast bucket is brought to you by. <laughs> where, where, where is it? I'll put the mixer on. <laughs> yeah. So week four in the NFL is here. By the time people hear this, the 
Minnesota Rams game will be over. So we'll go very, very briefly on that. You and I yeah. talked, Darren, before we began the podcast. I like Minnesota plus the touchdown tonight. Mm. You do not. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, invest in those markets for a reason. <laughs> uh, but I am very bad when you start adding uh, point spreads to the mix. But I like the Rams a lot more than I like the Vikings this year. I, you know, I just think they're better across the board. The thing that stands out to me about the Rams this year, we knew they had the most prolific offense in the NFL. Yeah. We know that defense is full of just studs. They just go stack them up this offseason, go trade for Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and bring in Sue. You know, and even though the, but the two defense corners, wasn't very good last right. week against the Chargers. No. And that was the best team they've played so far this year. But you – you don't collect that many great players they and also play have that way. Several significant injuries. Yeah, I mean they're banged up right now defensively, but they're also making plays in special teams. And God, shoot me when I start sounding like a football coach, but it's three phases to the game, and and if you're really good in any two of them, you're going to have a pretty good chance. And right now they're good in two of them and have an opportunity to be good in all three. The Patriots and Dolphins would be a game that has great significance yeah. oh, this week. If the Dolphins were to win and they're a touchdown underdog, they'd have a three-game lead yeah. in the division. We after just four assume weeks. that's not going to happen. We just though, assume right? that we assume that's not going to happen. It, right. Do you see it as an easy New England victory? They have to have the game, but you could have said that they should have, or could have, or needed to have the last. Yeah, two games. they should have done it to Detroit because I don't know how good the Lions are either. Well, um, they do have Paul Pasqualoni as their defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, they do. I like the plug um yeah I just I mean it this is not scientific this is just they've got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the other side's got Adam Gaze and Ryan Tannehill and that's a mismatch Dolphins have been one of the best secondaries in the league mm. this year and the Patriots as you noted earlier don't they have really many only have Rob Gronkowski yeah it's bad but the other thing you know even small and I don't want to get too esoteric Getting Trey Flowers back, he's supposed to be back this week after the concussion. They That's what stood out to me watching their game against the Lions the other night. They have no speed on defense. And when you can't pressure a quarterback at all and you walk in to play a team, and, and the Lions do have targets downfield for Stafford. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter was dialing them up the other night. And – I think getting Flowers back, getting some guys healthy, getting some of those guys who were, you know, that's another team who had a lot of injuries on defense. And getting some of those guys back is going to help make them a little more stable play. And the what 2008 about, Dolphins, by the way, the last time a team other than the Patriots have won the AFC East. It's been nine straight. I did not know that. Yeah. That doesn't say much for the Jets and Bills. <laughs> no, and it's quite a, frankly, it doesn't say much for the, for Dolphins, the Dolphins either. It's a bad division. And speaking of this divisions that it seemed much more clear at the beginning of the year than it does three weeks in, Baltimore travels to Pittsburgh. It certainly seemed as though there was no reason to believe things would not keep rolling for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Then you have the Le'Veon Bell holdout. I think they're still missing Ryan Shazier to a yeah, great they, they deal. They never replaced him. So is this a Pittsburgh team that kind of got their feet underneath them in Tampa Bay over the weekend, or is this kind of a mediocre Steelers squad? I think it's a kind of a mediocre team. And one of the other things that I really don't like about the Steelers is they violated the code. When the offensive linemen started going off yeah. on Le'Veon for not showing up, it's like, ooh, that's ugly. That's going to leave a mark if he ever comes back because he's going to walk back in the room – 
And he was going to say, all right, who had my back while I was going? You, 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 not you, not you, and not you. I don't know at this point. I mean, there was the report last weekend that now they're listening to offers, but I don't – I don't understand. I mean, his point right now is protecting his value for free agency. Why would the Jets – why would he want to go to the Jets? Yeah. And why would the Jets want to rent him? Well, doesn't they, he he's have not to play di- to become a free agent? He's not – well, six games. He's got to be on the property for seven weeks. Or, you know, he, he can sit out ten weeks and then still get the accrued season. But – I don't understand why the Jets would make that move because they're not a Le'Veon Bell away from making the playoffs. What about the Packers? That's a little – that's got a little more sizzle to it. And and the thing about them, Brian Gutenkens, their new – Gesundheit, their new (laughs) general manager, has been willing to step out of the box. Where Ted Thompson would never make bold moves in free agency. I mean, there was a lot of talk that they were interested in Khalil Mack, and they were thinking about getting that deal done themselves. They haven't been afraid of making a splash. Now, that would be a huge splash. I don't know if you I don't know if you can pay Le'Veon beyond this year, but if you win a Super Bowl, I don't know that you care either. Is there an AFC team that has a legitimate chance to win the championship. I mean, obviously, someone in the AFC is going to go to the Super Bowl, and Mm. Andy Reid and the Chiefs look terrific early on, but we've kind (laughs) of seen this play before. But the way the Patriots are playing, the way the Steelers are playing, what happened with Jacksonville last week, I mean, it seems like the best. The the NFC is now the NBA's Western Conference. It it really is, and and the answer to that is I don't know. I mean, a a Jaguars-Chiefs, championship game sounds feasible it also sounds ugly that one of those teams would end up and and you're right it's almost a shame that we have this preconceived notion that Andy Reid teams are going to do this thing but that's conditioned response we say that because we've seen it we've also seen him win 9 10 11 12 games every year I mean I think Andy Reid's the second best coach in the NFL yeah unfortunately in the postseason it hasn't gone great well and on a year-to-year basis he keeps being the second best guy in that particular season you know, he keeps getting – he keeps running into that one guy who he just can't beat. And it's a shame because body of work. I mean, he's special. He's done it at a high level for a long time. We talked about this last year. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach without winning a Super Bowl. That's hard to do. You vote in the Hall of Fame. I, oh, yeah. Um, he's got a lot of that Marv Levy in him. I mean, he's – you know, he's kept that team at a level that – Normal situations wouldn't necessarily say they should have been at for a long, long time. And he's done it in two places, too. So So Mike and I are going to get to our picks in a moment. But first, on Monday or Tuesday, when we look back at this NFL week, what is the storyline that Florio is going to be talking about? Oh, I mean, it, there's a lot of time, but there's so much insanity that, you know, that's the one thing about the NFL and writing about it for a living. We never lack for something to talk about. I mean, I didn't wake up this morning with any idea I'd be talking about Eric Reed all day. And there's always going to be some degree of chaos. Le'Veon could do something or decide to do something, or he could get moved or not moved. Somebody's going to get hurt. There's never, you know, I'm – you know, we were t- just talking about the Chiefs. I'm astounded mm. at, at the things they're doing offensively. I mean, Mahomes just does it's it. It's a college offense. Yeah. Andy Reid is brilliant because he's adaptable. Yeah. 
I mean, what he did in Philadelphia 10 years ago is nothing like what he does now, which is nothing what he was doing two years ago. Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly that Tyreek Hill in another system would be poorly utilized and a fringe player. He's made him one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I mean, and not everybody would have taken a chance on Tyreek Hill. But again, it's about fit. If you can make Tyreek Hill a fifth-round pick and stack people in around him so – your job security doesn't hinge on whether this fifth-round pick keeps his nose clean in the NFL, then you've got a chance to take chances on guys like that. I mean, it's a good situation all the way around because they do have so many other ways. You know, they go out and sign Sammy Watkins, and I think Sammy Watkins is one of the most wildly overpaid players in the NFL. He just hadn't been very good. He's been fortunate. By underperforming, he's found himself in markets. He got himself traded to the Rams because he didn't live up to expectations in Buffalo. Then he becomes a free agent because they didn't want to pick up the option. And then he hits it at a time when receivers are making ridiculous money far beyond their talent. So he has great timing during the offseason, but he hadn't been very good on the field. But he's making plays out there because they've got so many other guys. All right, let's make some picks, and then you can rebut them since you're an expert here in the studio, which isn't actually a studio and maybe not really an expert. Yeah. So it, it really it really makes for, for a fun uh, dialogue. I really like the Bengals this week at Atlanta. That's my primary pick. I'm one and two on primary picks, five and four in picks overall. I think that... The Falcons are incredibly banged up. Yeah. I think Cincinnati is a little bit underrated. They're getting more than a field goal. I like the Bengals. The other game I really like is Minnesota plus the touchdown at the Rams today. I think if it wasn't for the Buffalo-Minnesota result last week, this is going to be a three-and-a-half or a four-point spread. You're getting the benefit of three extra points, and you're at a key number. You're getting that seven. And then I like the Raiders a little bit, minus two-and-a-half against Cleveland. Everyone is so excited about Baker Mayfield. Oakland has actually played a good enough to be Two and one with their only loss being to the Rams, and they were in that game for three quarters. I like Baltimore plus three and a half at Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay plus two and a half at Chicago, and Philadelphia minus three and a half at Tennessee. Thoughts? People are awfully excited about the two thirty-two and one Browns, aren't they? It's unbelievable. <laughs> and if you're a Browns fan, for the first time in a long time, there's a reason for optimism. Yeah. I was, I was extremely happy. I wish I could publish the text I got from Bill Voth, friend of the show, the night the Browns won a game. And he was genuinely gleeful. Yeah. And he hadn't had much to be happy about. Did and he it, open a Bud Light? And it is, yeah. He may have deigned to drink a free Bud Light that night. But he, I understand the joy. But the reality is 232-1. and one. You're not a very good team, and you haven't been a very good team, and I don't know if they're stable enough. I mean, the reason they've been bad isn't it's Baker, Baker Mayfield's, Mayfield's first fault. start, and it's on the road in a hostile environment yeah. against a team incredibly hungry for a win. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, the Raiders are 0-3, but there are a lot worse 0-3 teams out there, like two of them. Uh, yeah, but they're a mess. Yeah, the they're Ra- a mess. The Raiders are a hot mess, and I don't know, you know, Gruden's new— They're playing for Vegas. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not Their new for... talking point is long-term, yeah. No question. So, I don't know, and again, I just keep looking at organizational stability, and with Mark Davis and John Gruden— I don't know, gang. That one could be a mess for a while. Right, but but the the object of picking a game yeah. is not what is going to happen 
in over a six week or a twelve yeah. week or a sixteen it's week span. The Raiders game. the Raiders are not going winless this year. They're going Probably to win not. some games. I do. At home against Cleveland, that would be a pretty good spot for one. I do like your Bengals pick though. I am pro Bengals being able to score with just about anybody. Yeah, they definitely do that. We saw that last week. With the La- last yeah. week, the or- one pick you made was the Bucks, and they almost came back. The, yeah. the Fitz Magic didn't did, didn't didn't get you there, but almost. You got anything you like this week? Well, I'm gonna do. Uh, do you remember TC? Yeah, my buddy TC. I'm gonna uh-huh. go TC on this one. I'm gonna do a TC pick. Um, all right, Detroit at Dallas. So you got Lions against the Cowboys. Cowboys have guns. I'm taking Dallas at home. I actually mm-hmm. like Dallas just a little bit too. Remember, remember TC. How many guns he- though? How many guns do they have? Well, and and lions are plural, so Lion, lions are plural. Six shooters, six shooters versus <laughs> plural lions. I may still go with the king of the jungle. <laughs> Darren, thanks for joining us. Hey, man, this was fun. We should do this more often. Absolutely. All right, thanks for listening to the Bearded Carcast. Thanks to Darren as well. Episode 36, so we'll have episode 37 coming next week, and we'll have a lot of good uh, topics to talk about next week. I don't know when we're going to record next week, but if we don't record Uh before it, Wednesday night, A's and Yankees for the right to take on the Red Sox. As you know, I'm a big A's fan. and I'll be a huge A's fan that night too. But but wouldn't it be fun if the A's were at Fenway Park next Thursday or Friday for the two of us? All right, should we go? And and by the way, Since, since you guys are the gambling guys, since you know the well, numbers. he's the gambling guy. I'm just. Brett Kavanaugh, minus one and a half. Who do you <laughs> like? <laughs> you can email the show. At, that might draw some emails. At Bearded Carcast <laughs> at Outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter at Bearded Carcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week, maybe.